you have tuned in to Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley. Two-man booth today on Monday, March 2nd. Nordane Spring drills begin this Thursday, March 5th. A reminder to everybody, we will be uh, having another podcast on Friday, March 6th. And as we go through the spring, there's going to be a break again after that first practice. But as we go through the spring, we will uh, we'll, we'll try to hit as many podcasts as we can particularly following practices that are open to the media. How many do we have, Tim? We have five open five full, practice. Yeah. And the beauty is they're all full because that's yeah. what it really yeah. matters. And in the new facility. So we'll have an opportunity. We'll have a much better vantage point. I think we mentioned that in the last podcast. Well, it won't take two hours to get a, or an hour to get a practice report out afterwards either because you can do a little bit on your computer. Right. Yeah. Your you're actually, yeah. yeah, you're actually set up and, and can actually work. So we're looking forward to that. Before we get into um, spring practice and all that, and we promised that we would and we will, uh, we quickly want to touch upon the NFL Combine. That is complete. Notre Dame, nine players there. Chase Claypool continues to amaze uh, with his 4.4240, 19 bench presses, 40.5 vertical jump. Uh, even the broad jump was excellent at 126. He, uh, he was a standout, Tim, of the nine. Watching him run down on kickoffs, we always thought he was fast, and he rewarded our faith <laughs> in that one. We knew he could. actually thought he... I actually thought he would jump higher. I I thought he might reach that by, by top Miles Boykin because I I mean I've seen the guy get up and I've seen him playing basketball on on film um, and he takes a lot of pride in it. But that's a great it's a he tested great. It doesn't matter he didn't jump higher because yeah. at a certain point it doesn't matter if you're forty two or forty inches when you're six four and running that fast. But boy, he also got some good publicity out of it by putting side by side comparisons with Megatron and. That's somebody on Twitter said he's no Megatron. Uh, Nobody said thanks. that he yeah, was, right. but I mean, he's in a category that just just him and Kelvin Johnson are in now, and that's at his size yeah. and the way he was able to, to run. Um, the Southend Tribune reported that Khalid Kareem had labrum surgery on January 21st. That was the best kept secret. We, we weren't aware of that. I've been in contact with Dan Shanka of our lads uh, leading up to the draft and his bowl had had the East West Shrine had offered him a spot. There was no response from Kareem. We weren't aware of it. So kudos to the South Bend Tribune for going down there and getting that information. January twenty first, Khalid Kareem had labrum surgery, so that will put him a little bit back. But hey, Cole Komet, a thirty seven inch vertical jump, a four point seven at four point seven forty at six six. 262. And he, this is a dumb thing to say, but he used faster than 4.7 after those first couple steps because he was moving, and that's what's going to matter. You right. know he can get you know he can get off a jam in line, you know he can make plays, but he he'll he'll run down the seam away from some guys, and that's uh we didn't I, look Cole Komet, you figured he was gonna test great, right? It's it was the whole the worry the whole time was this guy's gonna leave and he's gonna because he's gonna test great and he's a natural football player. That's a pro, not Notre Dame's lineup. Yeah, you know, uh, jumping back to, to Claypool, a week ago we weren't when he when they weighed Claypool and he was nine pounds heavier than he'd been at two thirty eight. All of a sudden, there was speculation about him being a tight end, and we hadn't talked about that. And it's like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. But he had no intention of that, of course, especially when he runs a four four two two thirty eight. And then he talked about his water weight again to the South Bend Tribune and and. Uh, um, you know, that's kind of fluctuated a yeah. little bit. But whatever he ran at the other day, he says more like 233, so about splitting the difference from where he was. 
um, during the football season, but outstanding. You know, I thought Elohi Gilman uh, running a 4.6 flat, uh, 17 bench presses. Uh, you know, the four point six I thought was a very was a pretty good number for him. I think it is too. I thought he might break break four six. I thought he might get in that four five nine range because he always took umbrage when we talked about the team speed not being enough. I know he really previewing Clemson and Georgia games. He was talked to both times. He's kind of like that. It's not an issue. We're fast, and yeah. I knew who he was kind of talking about himself yeah. too. And uh, I mean, obviously Troy Pride but, and everybody, but I am yeah. I think on this podcast i said he might break whatever whatever it was four five six i thought he might even get under that but that doesn't matter because it's a good run four six is good yeah no doubt and and with his instincts i mean his anticipation we know he understands the game he he recognizes what offenses and uh, receivers are trying to do against him and i think a 4.6 is very good julian okwara 20 the only thing he tested that was bench press And, and the guy at 6'4", 252, did 27 bench presses. With long arms, too, yeah. right? That's supposed to be a hindrance, isn't it? 30, 34 and 3 eighths inch arms. Yeah, it's supposed to be a hindrance. We were told he's freakishly strong three years ago, from right? The, from the very, be, from <laughs> yeah. the very beginning, I tweeted that out. From the very beginning, we were told that, uh, and it continues to, to prove itself true. Chris Fink, on the other hand... <laughs> And I, you know, I've, how many how many different ways can I say I blew it? I was completely wrong. Uh, I, I thought that he had a chance to break four four, and he ran a four five seven. Now, he is is there still a hamstring issue? I'm looking for reasons. Here. He seems faster than four five seven to me. He does not seem fast, four four like you're thinking he might do. No, I but know. I thought he would be in the four five one range, not closer to closer to four five than four six. I, you know, I guess there were so many times I know a lot of people said, you know, I never thought, and I, and I get that, but. We saw things of him in practice, and I realize it's a different type of yes, measurement. Yeah, right. But in short spaces, he was so quick and elusive, and I, and I thought that he could build upon that. I was completely wrong. I think I still think he's quicker than four, five, seven. But the fact of the matter is, he had an opportunity, he didn't do it. He got a forty-inch vertical. His bench press was just seven. He's a long shot to begin with. Everybody understands that. But that yes. four, five, seven is killer. Well, you know, I, I thought the same thing, except I don't think he was getting drafted anyway. So I think he gets into a camp no matter what, and that's where he has to make the team. Now Dan, yeah, Dan, Dan yeah. Shock, right. Dan Shock has said to us, said to Irish Illustrated, and this was still during the season. Could he make a a fifty three man yeah. Cincinnati Bengals roster? Yeah, he could. And four five seven would have been a killer for Chase Claypool because it would have destroyed his draft status. I don't think Chris Fink was moving up if he ran a four. No, I, mean, I, I don't guess think, if he ran a four three nine, he could have gotten drafted, right. I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think he was getting drafted either way. There, there are guys that, that are under four four that aren't getting drafted nowadays. So that I was I was wrong, um, and so I fully admit that. One thing on Fink, though, when people say, you know, I didn't see Miles Boykin play like that at Notre Dame and all these things, Chris Fink's forty inch vertical helped beat Michigan. So <laughs> that, that leaping touchdown, no doubt, he got up. So That's that very was, true. You, you saw that once. Uh, Tony Jones, we're not going to go over the stats because they're pretty much what we expected. Although the 13 bench presses of 225 is not great. I mean, yeah. he could have done better than that. Jalen Elliott's 4.8 flat is a bit surprising, but I think he's done everything pretty well other than that. Troy Pride was talking four twos, and he ran a 4.4, four, which is still really, really <laughs> yeah, good. As much as... It's still really, really good, but four, you know, I mean, that's... He's a track guy too. I just, no, he's I a did track think, guy. I thought he'd break get, it. I thought he'd break four. And I get where he's coming from yeah. there. I mean, and, and he trained for it. I'm sure. And and look, this is, you know, if you get a split second bad start yeah. or a bobble at somewhere along the line, it's going to throw it completely off. So I imagine he'll try to run again at pro day. 
clearly Chris Fink will run again at Pro Day. And Elliot is faster than 40. Right. He yeah. will run again at Pro Day. Claypool will stand there and have fun and watch everybody else <laughs> yes, work. He will. Uh, and Komet will probably do the same thing other than the bench press, which he did not do. Yeah, I think they just you've broken down Pro Day. The fun of Pro Day is finding out which X players come show up and try to who who's right. a candidate out there. We gotta see who'll uh Right. Right. Let's jump into the spring here real quick before we get to questions. Um and, and just pre spring injuries and I want everybody to be aware that there's there's quite a few here and it's going to compromise a couple positions. There's a mystery running back with an injury. Uh, we think we know who it is, but you know what? We're going to wait till Thursday. At this point, we're just going to wait till Thursday. I really mean think too, not know. So I really don't want to try to speculate I, on that. No, one. Yeah, I would. I would agree. Let's yeah. just wait till Thursday. We suspect that there is somebody we did all along. We'll wait till Thursday to to reveal that to and everybody. Until Brian Kelly reveals it for so, us. Yeah, we're least. all we're yeah. all going to see it. Robert Hainsey won't practice. Tommy Kramer won't practice. We don't think Aaron Banks will practice. I don't think Dylan Gibbons and Cole Mabry are going to practice. Now, Gibbons, I don't believe, is practicing either. Mabry is only left over from the season for me. Um, no, I don't, I, I don't think that he's healthy. That's, I, I don't think yeah. he's healthy all year. He, he, was, he was not coming in since game two when all those blowouts were happening. I mean, he didn't, he did, they liked him. They, wouldn't have, they would have put him in at some point. So, yeah, I don't think he's healthy either. And I don't, there were multiple things going on in the spring because there was a head injury too. Because just, I say there was a head injury. He was on a... Bike with no helmet the whole time, which means you have an injury. Right. Like we never verified that. Defensively, Dalen Hayes, obviously, with his shoulders not going to practice. Uh, Jacob Lacey and Howard Cross are going to be out. Uh, Jack Lamb and Shane Simon, we know, are going to be out. Am I missing anybody there on the defensive side? I mean, those are, you know, there's some significant guys there. and you know, for for guy for guys like Lacey and Cross, it's a, it's a critical miss. It's certainly a critical miss of spring drills for Lamb and Simon. Uh, not so much Hainsey and Kramer. No, I don't think so. It almost, other than you, cohesion is so important on the offensive line. But I actually there's a there's a positive there or there's a silver lining to Hainsey, Kramer, Banks that. And Gibbons, because he wasn't going to start and maybe not be a two-deep member. He's, it's on the fence as a yeah, senior. Right. Um, you're getting a lot of reps for Zeke Corral, who we heard good things about. John Dirksen, who you've always liked. And Josh Luggett's starters reps for 15 practices to see. Now he is really, I guess he's in the mix anyway to start over somebody, but I don't know who it was going to be. Now he really is in the mix right. to try and earn a starting role. Um, and then Kristoffic will get reps that he def- definitely needs. He needs them, yes. Quinn, I think Quinn Carroll's a guy we don't think would do oh, too I'm much. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I meant to one. include yep. him. Quinn Quinn Carroll's not going to practice. He had ACL in August. He won't yeah. practice either. So as you can see, they're they are significantly compromised along the offensive line. I would expect Corral to probably get some reps at guard. I, I think mean, so you, too, you, yeah. you have to do that. Uh, you know, maybe Lug has to cross train once again. Lug probably has to play tackle, considering you're missing. Yeah, you're Carroll right. Carroll and Hainsey. And, Hainsey. Yeah. Yeah, and Dirksen's a guard, right. yeah. so he can fill in there. So we'll know more on that on Thursday. We expect sometime, let me just say, very soon, very soon, that John McNulty and Mike Mickens will be officially announced by Notre Dame as their new assistant coaches. And I want to conclude this segment with a uh, Notre Dame basketball, obviously a significant loss to Wake Forest over the weekend. Um, It took the starch out of Wednesday so badly. We almost had a game. We almost had our first game. Since March 2018 against Duke with Bonzi Colson coming back and them trying to make the tournament, 
that really, really mattered for Notre Dame. It was going to be Wednesday night. Now, I mean, it still matters because they can make the run. But they were going to get in at 12-8, and Tim. And now they have to make the run. Because the regular season is so much more important to the committee. 12-8, and fifth place finish. Syracuse even lost to help them assure Notre Dame could have been fifth place solo. Yeah, and then obviously Florida State losing took a little. Well, they were hammered by Olivier Saar, who was who going into the game. That was the guy we were talking about. It's like, man, this guy is really good. He took it up another level. Thirty points, seventeen rebounds. I think it was felt every one of those points too. I mean, just absolutely burrowed his way down below, um, and and Notre Dame had no answer for him. And I and I and I want to bring this up because it's so atypical of Mike Bray. To and he didn't say it necessarily in a really really negative way. He's he just frustrated, but. right? He just matter of factly said after the game, our best post defender was Nate Lashevsky. Our senior big guys, referring specifically to Mooney and Durham, our senior big guys didn't guard anybody tonight. I love them to death, but they didn't play any defense. It was the wrong time to say it. It really was, and I, I was it's really the, surprised. And yeah. there was there was no venom in no, his voice no. when he said it, but. Um, you can imagine what a John Mooney might have thought <laughs> if he heard it. It's like he's carried that. What for, more? Yeah. What? What exactly more would you like me to do? But you and I talked about it before we hit record here. They they could have they, they could have kept Sar from burrowing in a little bit more. Yeah, if he's going to hit the jump hook over you, he's going to hit the jump hook over you. But you don't have to make it be six feet right, away because, well, nine, because where he was getting the basketball, ridiculous. he's yeah. too long for either. Even he's, to large, he he's not necessarily longer than Durham, but he's stronger than Durham. And he's he's longer than, than Mooney, yeah, and he's, and yeah, he's, he's tougher better. mentally and physically yeah. too. You, he's what the, way stronger. You got you have to be able to root him out of there a little bit more than that. Yeah. So, um, Notre Dame has to win. Notre Dame basketball has to win every game they play. For yeah, they probably go to the. It's a shame because they probably only had to win one in Greensboro had they won out, but now they have to get to the championship yeah, game. I would no say. doubt. All right, segment two coming up: burning up the boards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with segment two, burning up the boards. First question from Dylan Murphy, O2. O2 is a <laughs> special time at Notre Dame for the uh, Willingham era, if that was his graduation year. Rank Gilman, Pride, Claypool, Aquara, and Kareem from most productive NFL careers to least. Gilman, Pride, Claypool, Aquara, Kareem. He did not include Elliott. He did not include Komet. Okay, I will say Claypool 1, Aquara 2, Kareem 3. I'm going to go Gilman four, Pride five. I agree, except I'm going to keep Kareem ahead of Aquara, um, with health being my main concern there, just because he got hurt on every play of the last two seasons. Yeah, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a pure pass rusher. Yeah, I like Kareem's versatility, um, and I would have Komet one if we added Komet. Oh, okay. Well, let's add Komet in, and I would have Komet one Komet and push one. everybody back. Now, Elliot, who I'd have him last, although. I don't know if I'd have said that if I didn't run a 4-8. No, I would have Elliot. I have Elliot behind Pride and Gilman. I, I think he's a really good college well, that, safety, and I, he'll probably play pro football. I and, think the NFL, at least going into the combine, looked at Gilman and Elliot differently. Um, I, I think that they had Elliot ahead of him. Again, the NFL. There's yeah. a lot of opinions from the NFL. 
Not draft status. I'm talking about productiveness. Pro- productive career. I'm sorry. Production. Right. And Gilman right, right. is dude. Gilman's always productive. Right. Irish Cowboy 88. What are you expecting from the two transfers this year? Do you think Ben Skoranek has enough speed to contribute as an every down receiver against top teams? And is Isaiah Pryor the favorite to start beside Kyle Hamilton this year? Uh, second part. First, I think he is the favorite because Houston Griffith has not yet distinguished, but this is the uh, battle to watch for me. This spring, I think Griffith was definitely out of position at nickel. That was ludicrous. Oh, they just wanted to get his athleticism on the field, but he showed quickly he couldn't play nickel. Um, I was in support of the move to corner for one to boundary corner for one reason. They did not have a boundary corner, so you had to check it out. But I think they maybe could have pulled Quite the trigger. An endorsement there. Yeah, you could have pulled the trigger after watching him in the spring on that, and maybe had him be a productive number four safety. That you didn't necessarily need. However, he would have been playing safety the whole year for you, and you'd be in better shape now. But that's a fun matchup to watch prior versus Yeah, Griffith. I think we're going to address that in another question, too. As far as Ben Skronik, uh, you know, enough speed to be an every-down receiver. I don't think they anticipate him being on the field every down. He has great hands. Is he going to run by a lot of people? No, I think that's Kevin Austin's job at the W position. Uh, but I think he... I, I do think Ben Skronik is very valuable in our name. I think that... He's a reliable receiver. I, again, I don't know that he's going to run away from anybody, but I think if he's open and you have an accurate quarterback throwing him the football, I think he can do some good things for Notre Dame. I agree. Uh, I look at Notre Dame's offense this way. Braden Lindsey, Kevin Austin, and Tommy Tremble would be the closest thing to every down perimeter players. Mm-hmm. In fact, they all just could become every down perimeter players if things go well. That leaves two spots. Uh, a running back takes away one of those spots. Always could have a running back on the field. So you have Skaronic, <laughs> Javon McKinley, Lawrence Keyes, and Jafar Armstrong, who I think could play some slot because obviously he's well-versed. He's just as good of a slot receiver as he is a running back, so I think he'll do both. Whatever form of offense, and Brock Wright for a second tight end, whatever form of offense they go with will determine who plays more out of Keyes and Skaronic and Armstrong and Skaronic and Armstrong and Keyes. <laughs> I think they're going power. Yeah, I think so too. But with a new offensive coordinator, that's something that we're going to find out. Whether we'll know that in the spring or not is uncertain. That probably spill over to August. I guarantee it does. Yep. Yep. CMU Penns fan, assuming he does not decide to transfer, will Brock Wright be anything more than a blocking tight end for the Irish this year? Again, new offensive coordinator could be used differently. I got to believe that there's more to Brock Wright than what we've seen as a receiver. I agree. I do want to. I saw on the board someone say, I I don't know if he said I under. I don't think I included Brock Wright in something. He said, You're vastly underestimating Brock Wright's ability as a receiver. I'm not, because he would have more than four catches and five targets in his career if I was. (laughs) Look, uh, Chip Long and Brock Wright obviously had a problem, but if Brock Wright could beat people a lot, he would have gotten the ball. I, I, I agree with that. I, I, I did, you he's know, I better think, than what he's seen. Of I course mean, he I, is. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think he's extremely he's extremely valuable to this upcoming 2020 team. Yeah, he could double his snaps. I think he has two, I say this on top of my head. I think he has 231 career snaps, which includes three seasons of football. So they really did not play him enough. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. They didn't favor Brock Wright to play. They didn't right. favor him to play him enough. He could double that if they go two tight ends this whole time because he's they're gonna need Tremble is a move blocker and he does a good job. He he looked really good doing it in the bowl game, but he is not gonna line up and block like Brock Wright. Now Tremble was I over the course of thirteen games he was inconsistent yeah. as a blocker, but he, he showed he, he got showed pride and there's right. no doubt he showed promises of that. But I will will Tommy Reese utilize Brock Wright more than Chip Long did? I think there's a very good possibility of that. I, 
can't imagine he would not. And I don't think Wright will transfer now. I don't know why you... I, I, I think that... I, I would imagine that some things could happen in the spring that would change his mind, but I think his mind is already made up on that. Wilmus 155, which position group are you more worried about, running back or cornerback? Corner because it loses you games, and you need three very good ones, if not four. Um, running back, you need to find a guy. And I have faith. I like, as I think we said this last week, I like Notre Dame's backup running backs as backup running backs but I don't like their starting running back that they don't have. I, I agree with that. Look, the running back depends upon the offensive line the way the yeah. cornerback depends upon the defensive line, right? Yes, but but tragic results. Cornerback, <laughs> as you play. said, as you said, cornerbacks lose games for you. More concerned about that. I, I'm As you'll hear in the next question, I'm, I'm confident in the starting state safeties, uh, but we know really nothing about what kind of productivity would get that Notre Dame would get behind those two. Whereas a running back, if the offensive line blocks well, every one of those guys are capable of, of doing yes. something productive. We both like Sebo Flemister quite a bit. I think maybe more than other other reporters, analysts, fans. Even um, I think I, I think he looks I think he looks like a natural running back every time I see him carry the ball. He, the numbers don't show that. No, and I'm trying to stay off the. I like Sebo Flemister on film when they signed him more than most people did. So I'm trying to stay away from that because that is totally irrelevant as we... At this point, try to it, is, it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I I like Flemister. I, Armstrong, I don't want to rule out because, as I said, try to walk into your mailbox with his surgery, much less try to make a guy miss. I just like his dual threat more than his single threat, Armstrong. And I and I and Lance Taylor's a good running backs coach. Yeah. I, I've got to believe that if somebody can influence him into becoming a true running back, it's him. I'm with you on that. And fans like Kyron Williams, and we shouldn't discount that because we sure did like him in August catching passes. There's right? there's no doubt, but I also know that fans like Kyron Williams because they haven't seen him also. And he's the underdog that everybody wants right. to rally around. That's the, yeah. He's the great unknown, and I think a lot of people press that button. Um, and I, look, I hope to see it as well. Right. And maybe Kyron Williams' 20 catches is the way he really helps the team. That too. could very well be. Not Jay Tafel, which player or players would you be surprised if they don't take a big step forward this spring? There's a lot, actually, that are built a roster. <laughs> I have, yeah. I mean, I, Kevin Austin would, would, Kevin Austin. Number one. Okay. I, I, I believe Kevin Austin is going to be Notre Dame's number one receiver. So that's a pretty big jump. <laughs> yeah, that would be the biggest jump. I, I agree completely that he'll be the number one receiver. I think they're in trouble if he's not. Yeah. He's a special talent and he no, better he become is. one. Right, right. And I, Third year in the program with everything that he's gone through. You have a 100% guaranteed he'll be there. That's important, too, for this podcast, right? <laughs> Early in the fall, you 100%. Did I say 100%? 100%, yes, 100. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, confident that it's, that I'm confident that it's 100%, but I'm not saying that it's 100%. I, go ahead. I'll, why don't we alternate throwing names out? But he's, he's clearly number one. Ade Ogundeje, I think, will become... Maybe the guy that turns heads the most defensively and for I, new starters. For new yeah, starters. I didn't write him down because he turned heads yeah. anyway. Yeah, like I, but I'm saying like you might come out of camp and say he's their best okay. defensive front yeah. seven player. Well, Wusu Kormo is the best front seven player, but he's Ade Ogunedji is making that move. Right I now. would say Tommy Trumbull. Yeah, I, I, I think I, he's going to hit the ground running. I think he's going to be good right from the very beginning. So Trimble... Um, so I just mentioned two receivers, and I would also throw Lindsey in there as well. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, Lindsey's going to be a lot stronger, a lot more confident. 
I, I think those three guys are really, really going to step up and emerge, and we'll start seeing that in the spring. What about uh, guys like Foskey that we've been high on? Well, I haven't gotten to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. He's definitely on my list there. I, I the, the drawback is sometimes we anoint sophomores too fast, of course. But we're talking spring too, not not. Uh, now, but we snaps, we know so. how the coaching staff feels about yeah. him. We've seen glimpses of him. He did something great on special teams against Stanford. I, you know, I mean, I, you got to believe that Jared Patterson's a much better football player this year than last year, just from experience. And I think Josh Lug gained a tremendous amount by playing as much as he did in the second half of the season. And I think Liam Eikenberg can become a very, very good offensive lineman without the mental mistakes. Remember, Mike McGlinchey had a lot of mental mistakes as a senior, too. Uh, without the mental mistakes, and he's their best run blocker, and he's a good pass blocker going into his fifth year, and it's going to be all football for him as a graduate. So the only problem with that call is he's going to look great this spring. Liam Eikenberg, I guarantee it. But it doesn't matter if he doesn't look great against now, Wisconsin. Liam Eikenberg, it, it's all up to him. Yep. It's it's right there waiting for him. He has the experience. He has the size. He needs to get his head together where he's a consistent football player, snap after snap. I don't think that's that's not a criticism. That's just that's no, just the reality yeah, of the situation. He dumb penalties. I mean, there's the personal foul. At Georgia, and then a false start. You can't have all those things. False right. starts inside the five-yard line, personal fouls to start a game. You're not – that's that's not what you're doing there anymore. I think Paul Moab steps forward and becomes a starter for Notre Dame. Just somehow starting. Yep. That's an interesting call because you you didn't say Jordan Jim Markeith, and that would be the guy that I is just, a senior. I agree. I don't I, – I, I, maybe if I had to make a pick now because of the default easiness of him moving into the buck position where he already plays – but that's the only reason I'd call well, that. It's and I just fall. wrote Jordan J. Markeith as a guy that I'm most interested in seeing this spring because he's a senior and, and, he, and he should. I just, if you if you said one of two guys is going to emerge, Moala or Jim Markeith, I'd say Moala. Yeah. We know the staff feels yeah. about Moala too. And I, right. And I'm, I'm very confident that Tariq Bracey is, is going to look like a starter from right from day one of the spring. I, I like them coming out of high school. Yeah. I think he's done enough good things in an inconsistent two years. Uh, maybe, maybe it's because he has to, to a right. large extent. I chimed in. This is a thread. I saw some people were asking you, why do you say this about Bracey? You know. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I, I chimed in. Look, his, his numbers in fewer snaps. Now, Troy Pride, obviously, it's a good thing that he didn't have to win as many third down plays because he wasn't targeted because that means you, you had good coverage. Right. But... Troy Pride had more third down wins, which is knocking down a pass, tackle before the sticks, or just good coverage that I, when the ball is thrown your way. He had two more than Tariq Bracey last year. <laughs> I mean, and that Tariq Bracey comes in on third down, so like it's not like every snap. Yeah, but, but that, still, think about that. I mean, he had I mean, dozens and dozens of more opportunities. Do you know how many stuffs Troy Pride had last year? One solo and one assist. Tariq Bracey had seven and four playing third down wow. and rotating in. The guy that can't is too small to right, tackle. The guy, right? that, the guy that's so, too lean, right? I'm not saying he's going to shut people down, but there is a body of work that portends to Tariq Bracey coming in and being a good starter as a junior. Yep. J.J. Allwine, do you foresee guys falling behind in the spring and hitting elsewhere post-blue goal game? Here, we're being asked to name transfers, which... I say yes without naming the transfers, <laughs> but it will happen in the middle of the spring, I think. It always does. There's always you show up and they're like, oh, look who's stud still. Most recently, Devin Stud still just all of a sudden gone. Right. I mean, you know. The great I, Justin Ferguson left in the middle of the spring right. for Korea. We don't, let, we don't, 
we're a little uncomfortable saying this guy's going to transfer. That's a little bit unfair to it. Because yeah, we already said the name of a guy in this podcast earlier who we thought was transferring for sure this year, and he's still there. No, so. and, and I agree. And you probably mean yeah. Isaiah Robertson. I'm being, so I'm being unfair again. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is he's not a guy that's going to play. And so he that makes him a candidate. And, he'll, and he can graduate. To do, right, and he can graduate. So, graduate. so that makes him a candidate to leave post, post-blue game. Booped, easy for me to say. Blue-gold game. Um, I, I just I don't want to get too deep into that because I just think it's a, it's a little bit unfair. But guys that have been around, um, the only are, question is if it will happen during the spring. It will definitely happen before the season. They will have transfers from this current roster. You know, one one guy from the freshman class. I'm sure there's a lot of freshmen that we don't freshmen from last year that we don't have any idea where they are. But Kendall uh, Abdur Rahman. We just really don't. We've got no feedback whatsoever on him. Now, he did not play at all, um, which means he didn't make a move at the end because you can play him if you make a move. He's a good athlete. Right. I know he missed our our portion of August that we ended with was about August 20th. He had no helmet on. So that's that's probably a concussion for two okay. straight practices. Okay. That yeah. can put you behind when you're already behind. The one reason I have not, two reasons don't give up on him, good-looking athlete, and that position is not exactly totally no. set. No. Like wide receiver, someone can make a move to play. He can run. I mean, you can put him in the backfield, not as a true runner, but as the slot, if they bring that position back, kind of the way I've been talking about Jafar Armstrong. Right. But it is odd. He is the one of the four that did not play at all. Quinn Carroll could not with the injury. Isaiah Rutherford, we heard good things about. Yeah, look, certainly Avery Davis, he's going, he's, yeah. he's going to get his degree. And if he wants to play football, he's got an opportunity to go somewhere else and play football. Maybe even a quarterback. He also, um, and I don't get this because he made the <laughs> biggest play of his career for, on a third down catch against Virginia Tech. He played three more snaps the rest of the year. That's very strange. So something's up there. Yep. Any Davis, too. Will the 2020 secondary be an improvement in athleticism and coaching compared to the 2019 unit? Secondary, all four positions. You lose five nickel, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. so nickel too. So you're you're losing pride, which it's hard. It's hard to say gaining athleticism when you're losing Troy Pride. Right. Um. You know, you're losing two quality safeties, uh, and the coaching's different because you have a different cornerbacks coach. So it's a good question. There's it several, is a good question because my first response was absolutely not. But when you mentioned if it's just athleticism. Maybe. I mean, Pryor and Griffith are probably better athletes than Gilman and Ham- Elliott, but they're not better functional football players. Right, athletes. But and the point is that Hamilton's playing all the time now as opposed to to a third of the time. So you're, you're obviously gaining a, a superior athlete back there more often. You know, I, I don't the, know. The I mean, nickel, I, The nickel's a lot worse than Kyle Hamilton used to be, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> If you want to look at it that way. Yeah, that's, that's like, true. Uh, you know, as far as coaching, I mean, I, there's a lot of optimism about Mike Mickens bringing out the best in Nordings corners. Uh, we've talked about Todd Light before. He didn't recruit great, but he got, you know, pretty much by and large got productivity out of his corners. I think so, too. It's a good question. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not going to try to, you know, six, six on this side, six on the other side. It's a good question because uh, there are some things to consider there. Way to go, K-Man asks... Uh, compare Brendan Clark pre-spring uh, practice this year versus Phil Jerkovic pre-spring practice last year. So the issue I've always had with our Jerkovic stuff is we had so much information on him about how people inside the program and the staff felt. 
So we were never going to say, I think Phil Dracovic is going to make a move this spring. Because we knew he was not going no, to. No, but we also had information on how they felt about Brendan Clark yeah. last year in a, in a year when he wasn't going to play at all. True. And it was all very, very positive. I think Brendan Clark going into this spring is looked at by the coaching staff more highly than Phil Dracovic was last year. And then Phil Dracovic had an uneven spring and a bad spring game. And they talked to him about get it together or the true freshman's going to beat you out. So I don't know how you could look at this and say Phil Dracovic was compared favoritively to Brendan Clark. If the coaching, if his offensive coordinator thus the, was so thus far the down. the question was asked by Way to Go K-Man. Uh, yeah, well, Brendan Clark is unlikely to be changing his throwing motion in the spring, which is what Phil Dracovic did, and we were told that he wasn't asked to do that. Um, you he know, won't I have did, as bad of a blue goal game. He probably won't have as bad of a blue goal game. I spoke to Brendan Clark's quarterbacks coach during the offseason, Malcolm Bell, and he loves him, loves the makeup of him. Um, So, you know, I mean, our our, our perspective is that that Brendan Clark comes into spring better prepared mentally and emotionally than Phil Dracovic was last year at this time. I agree, but I will stick with what you said about Kyron Williams. Brendan Clark is unknown. We don't know his warts. We know all of Phil Dracovic. Very true. Phil was going into his third year, and they probably would be better off if he had not transferred yet, if Ian Book goes down. True. So the, to put a, wrap that up, we don't want to, we're not piling on Phil Dracovic. But going into spring, they didn't like Phil Dracovic last year. So, Well, I mean, look, we're, we're going on information that was given to us, not who we want to win the job right, or who right. we That's pick during like recruiting or... Who makes us feel all warm and fuzzy? You know, <laughs> exactly. I, that's just the information we have. If you don't agree with the information that we have, that's everybody's prerogative. Big Mac twenty four. Should Matt Bayless be the highest paid coach after Brian Kelly? Well, he uh, certainly <laughs> showed well, in, certainly in some instances um, in the combine. Again, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. And November has been pretty good to Notre Dame the last two years with Matt Bayless. Yeah, now now, now, now it was more, a game right before November. <laughs> now higher paid than higher wrong. paid than Clark Lee. I I say no. No, I say no. But <laughs> higher uh, paid than Mike Elston. No, because Elston's been there for ten years. Well, you cannot lose Matt Bayless. Though we'll say that too. No, there's there's no doubt. I mean, he's he's great. They've done and yeah. and your point about November is hugely significant. They used to be terrible that month. Yep. <laughs> Brian739, do you think Jordan Batello will get a look at Mike Linebacker as well as Rush End? Seems to me he has the ideal size for Mike and might be a bit short at defensive end. I think they like his motor so much at Viper, boundary end, that uh, that's his spot. Yeah, I think so too, and I understand where I get Brian the point too. Yeah, no, that's a good question. 739 is asking the question. Uh, Mike is set for two years. Well, yeah, my, yeah, Drew White is, yeah, you're, yeah, I don't think you do that. You, you can't do that. Is he a bit short for end? Yeah, you know, but they think that he can overcome that with his skill set, and I think that he can too. Yeah, I, we both, and Pete as well, and I think most people listening loved Jordan Botello as a prospect. They like him at rush end. Uh, the openings for Mike and Buck, obviously, are the reasons anybody can move around. A little bit. I mean, it, it's not. It's Bucks, not a proven position, and there's guys hurt that we're going to try to 
trial for it. So if you're moving around your pieces to get them reps, that's not the worst idea either. Because he's going to make an impact this year, probably. But, but he's also a true freshman, so yeah. you want to be careful yeah. about cross training. You know, yeah. yeah, you you want to be careful about throwing too much on on his plate. Uh, you want him to get comfortable and be confident at, at one spot. Plus, he can't get reps because Dalen Hayes would be the it would be Foskey, Ogofo, and Botello, right? Unless I'm missing one. Uh, uh, Kofi Wardlow is on the other side, and that's not really a guy that's on the uh, radar. You have Foskey, Agufu. Yeah, Wardlow's not going to factor yeah. in. So it's it's uh, it's going to be... He gets reps then. 13 I mean, Agufu reps. actually probably gets number one reps, followed by Foskey and then Botella. So he gets plenty of reps for an early enrollee. Yeah, freshman. yeah, no doubt about that. Jim underscore Booney underscore CRS. Which starting position do you believe is most up for grabs during the spring? Um, buck linebacker. Depending upon what they... You know, if they were to move... Owusu Kormo there, then obviously not. Um, running back. Running back, yeah. certainly. And then the second safety, although I do think that it's Isaiah Pryor's, not necessarily to lose, but I but I think that he's... Leader in the clubhouse? Yeah, I, you know, I think going into this thing. Now, I'm sure they're going to give Houston Griffith every opportunity to win that job. And, um, you know, I really hope he has a good camp. Or a good spring because it'd be a it'd be an unfortunate guy to lose, Houston Griffith. If if he gets if, if Isaiah Pryor is just way better than him and he's buried and they're not thinking of playing three safeties like they did last year. And Kyle Hamilton kind of made you play three safeties last sure. year. I like to see Houston Griffith or Isaiah Pryor make them play three safeties again. That's the best health for the secondary. There's no doubt, and I, you know, and they would they need that. You can't have two guys. You know, Elliot and, and <clears throat> Elliot and Gilman were veterans. Gilman, you had to break his leg to get him off the field. But they still got him off. They still got him off about 150 more snaps they, than the year before. No, they, yeah. they they definitely did and did a good job. A lot of times you just look up and, oh, hey, he's not in there. Right. Well, he had Hamilton, so it didn't but, matter. But, but Hamilton made that easy to do, and you don't have a guy like that. Now, um, I don't see Litchfield Azervon playing a role. DJ Brown, can he compete? I, I know you don't, you're not. I'm not as high on him as high you were on. last year. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm high on him, but I'm, but I'm also saying that you yeah, know, he's he, time though. He did a yeah. Time I, I mean, last year. he's he's still he's still new at safety. You know, I mean, so maybe there maybe there's some ability there. I liked his high school film uh, mainly as a corner. I, I just I wouldn't rule him out. But that'll that'll be a competitive um, situation. So Gilman and Elliott last year had just under 1,400 snaps. Combined, because Kyle Hamilton was able to do 385 or something along those lines. The year before, they had 1,850 wow. combined. So you got 450 snaps taken off. I'm sure they'd like to do that again. Man, it's 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 so difficult yeah. to to look. You can you can keep running out there and taking snaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you can, but you know you're going you're going to be you're going to be banged up physically, and you're going to be banged. You're you're going to get knocked around. Uh, you know, mentally. Uh, and November well. might not be kind to you. Yeah, you take it. You get a you get a dinger in the first quarter. Yeah. You know, like, you you still you still have to go out there. You may pass protocol, but your brain still scramble a little bit. I mean, imagine what guys go through uh, on a regular basis. So uh, very difficult. I did want to throw in a basketball question here, and it's uh, it's a pertinent one. Can the men's basketball team? 
make the NCAA tournament next season with who they have coming back and who is coming in? Well, they need more coming in. They absolutely have to have two grad transfers coming. Yeah, I like their freshmen, but they're three-star freshmen. Matt right. Zona, I think, is a is a Rob Kerr's type player. Rob Kerr's could not compete in the ACC as a freshman. No, no. And then Elijah Taylor, who's who's a, a kind of a banger without great height. Uh, but they need at least one grad transfer and probably two. I say two because who is your backup point guard? If it's Cormac Ryan, he's also your starting shooting guard. And it, what if he has to start at point guard if Hub goes down? Yeah, I, and you don't have a backup point guard. You need, there's there's people available in this world for Mike Bray to bring in. It is getting frustrating. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be. No, uh, you're, you're recruiting. Uh, it's Morgan either, the walk on. No, geez. it's either bring in two guys or play or have air as your backups. It's not like you're dispiriting freshmen that you're going to hurt their development. You're bringing in veterans to play over guys that don't exist. So you have no other choice but to do that. Is Jawan yeah. Durham's going to play thirty? Two minutes next year, every game. No, they'll. Well, no, I mean they they just go with a small. You know, Lashevsky becomes your five, I guess. But he's not a five either. He plays. No, I know. Yeah, Yeah, I know. You need a big man and you need a point guard. Uh, And Zona's an inside. Matt Zona's an inside outside guy as well. They're in trouble. Um, There was another question. Can they? um, Was that part of this question? Can they make the NCAA tournament? I, I don't know how. I felt Notre Dame basketball fan pain when they lost to Wake Forest. I thought that's this was they had something going. They weren't that good, but they believed they were playing other teams that weren't that good. They're capable of getting the NCAA tournament, which just helps your program. It is such an implausible uphill climb to get the NCAA tournament now for that. So these seven guys are going to win three straight games to get to the finals. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little. I mean, Game three hey, would look, be murderous. If you're if you're going to do it in the ACC, this is a year to do it. But still, that question, by the way, was from uh, uh, Wusterhoff, and we have a question uh, from Dylan Ellie underscore with the NCAA allowing the number zero now. Is this in football? <laughs> I th- which current or former Notre Dame? Has it so yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Which current or former Notre Dame football player would make the best zero? I'm not uh, sure how to would it interpret look cool? that. <laughs> Is that what he's saying? I think Owusu Cormo would look cool wearing zero. And he's just switch to it. Um, <laughs> First of all, please don't wear Jake. it anyway. I don't. I don't. I I like I like Rex Fluger a lot as a human being, but I hate the number zero. It's not. What about double zero? Parrish, you like that? Back that's in the day? that's Robert Parrish. Yeah. That's, that's just him. That's right? a little bit yeah. different. But zeros and zeros not a number. It's zero. <laughs> For, so for, nobody. Well, I mean, for sports purposes, I just don't understand it. I, I just, I don't get it. it kind of pisses me off, quite Again, frankly. What's worse for you, that or when Hub lets the ball roll in front of him with 35 minutes that left in the game? That is, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It's completely pointless. I don't understand why it happens. Well, why wouldn't a coach say, just, hey, just don't. It, so he thinks it's shot clock related, obviously, right? Well, he can't really believe with three. I, when he did it, there was 332 left in the first half. <laughs> No, what? It's just not. Let's, I don't get it. So he's calculating. It. Okay, he's not calculating that. Trust me. Of course he's not. <laughs> no, he's not calculating but, well, that's that. what I'm yeah. saying. So of course he's not calculating. So why are you doing it? He's not saying. Let's see. He does it a lot too. Shot clock plus shot cut plus plus possession. 
Okay, that's gonna be five. I'm gonna let. No, I thought of you when I thought of you Saturday when he did that. When I wasn't thinking of Sar and how good he'd look at a Notre Dame uniform, I thought of Francis Hub letting the ball roll, and then he did it. <laughs> Terry Benedict, <laughs> out of Tim, Tim, and Pete, who would be the fastest in the forty chugging contest? I have Pete giving a right and answer. All right, start with start with his right and answer. He said forty uh, chugging beer is not his strong suit, so if he finished the forty, he's not sure he would keep it down. And I would like to add that... <laughs> He's as, being very honest As there, many beers as I have chugged in my life, I have never chugged a 40 in my life, even college or anything like that. That yeah. look, I would not want to do. Look, I'll stay up with anybody as late as they want to stay up drinking, and I'll match you beer for beer, but I'm not chugging a 40. No, no. So I... This is my... This is how I think this should be handled from now on. The th- <laughs> what? The th- These type questions? No, no, what? no. The three of us should chug a beer... In Manhattan Beach, when we're all there in the hotel. Not a 40. A 12. A 12. Beer of your, or, yeah, 12. On video. <laughs> Four podcast subscribers. And outside, in case there's spillage, I, outside I, near the golf course um, of the West Drift on Thanksgiving Friday. When the work is done, of course, Jack. There is. <laughs> which it will be by the time I land. I don't, I don't mess around on that well, flight. I, I could say remind me of this, but I know you won't forget. And so I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. It's either that or at the end of spring. I think it's more fun. No, I think I, yeah. no, it's definitely yeah. more fun in Southern California. <laughs> yes. The 12th game of the year. after so, The 12th game of the year and the 8th night game. I don't think. I mean, I've seen some. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. I have been to some good parties in my life. I don't. Chugging 40s? Is that a thing? Or is that just 40 because a 40-yard dash made it more fun? It's uh, it's not a thing in, in my era. No. I had 40s in my friend Firestone's backyard here on Miami Road. House is gone, actually. Um, but I never chugged it. No. <laughs> I, I like to enjoy each ounce that but I drink. But you've chugged a beer because you're yeah, a of college, course, of course, but, so, but that, I'm a little past that yes. now. <laughs> all right. Well, we can all chug one beer at the Marriott. All right. We're on it. We take the uh, Terry Benedict challenge. Yes. I don't know if he was challenging us. but Fly in. You can, come, you can come chug the beer, too. Fly right. in. We'll, we'll send you the address of the hotel. We appreciate you joining us today. Again, we will get together on Friday. Uh, we expect Pete Sampson to join us then. We'll have one spring practice, a full spring practice to talk about next Friday on March 6th. Thanks for joining us for Irish Illustrated Insider. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.